Hi everyone, I'm Brittany. And I'm Tiffany. And we're the Terra Girls from Terra Running Company in Cleveland, Tennessee. Each week we interview a different runner from our community, aiming to inspire listeners through our guests' stories and experiences. This episode we chat with Ryan Hall, our friend and coffee supplier for Terra Running sister business, Cleveland Coffee and Market. Ryan is not only an expert coffee roaster with Due South Coffee in Greenville, South Carolina, he is also a runner and, as it turns out, a former DJ. Listen in to hear more about Ryan, his running experiences, and how he crossed paths with Brittany and Terra Running Company, all on this week's episode of the Terra Girls Podcast. The Terra Girls Podcast is supported by Terra Running Company, Cleveland's specialty running store. Whatever you need to support your active lifestyle, we've got it. Open seven days a week in downtown Cleveland or 24-7 at terrorunning.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Brittany. And I'm Tiffany. And we're the Terra Girls. Welcome to episode three of season two. We're excited to be back with you all. Yeah, and we have a special guest today, a guest not from Cleveland, but a visitor to the area, our friend for years. I've known Ryan mm-hmm. now for, I don't know, decades. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> okay, like embellish. we think six years maybe. Um, this yes. is Ryan Hall. Can you tell us about yourself, Ryan? Okay, so first of all, you said three, episode three, and I thought yes. that this was... I like, oh, this is like the third one they will No, this is season two. Seasons. Season two. Season two. Oh, yeah. This is epic. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Ryan Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am the operator and part one of the partners at Do South Coffee Roasters. So I'm, I assume some of your listeners will now put that together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes sense we're here. Yep. But the six years was because we met... Um, through you inquiring about roasted coffee, yeah, and came and visited pre in Greenville, yeah, the big giant city of Greenville, <laughs> city, city slicker over here. Pre Bear Brew Coffee, Ryan and I met, and yeah, just no like yeah. no name, yeah, just, no just, coffee. Yeah, shop. there was no name at the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Ryan has been our uh, sole source of coffee for the whole time that we've had a coffee shop, so. Um, he, and I'm, I'm going to interrupt you and say yeah. how, right, I, this is a good opportunity to say how much I appreciate oh. you guys and sticking with us as well. Because mm-hmm. as much as, you know, you jumping in and learning and stuff like that, that for us, I mean, I guess everyone's sort of in some phase of learning. And so for us to be able to gain a relationship and then maintain that relationship um, is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so super appreciative of yeah. Cleveland Coffee and Market. That's yes. Right. Thank you. Yes. yes. Yeah, we've been with Do South for a long time. You're, uh, I really liked that you are a small local business just like us. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just been a good working coffee relationship for a long time. I so, think so. Yeah. Ryan comes to visit us every once in a while, about every year. Um, so yes. he's seen the evolution of Cle- uh, Bear Brew to Cleveland Coffee and Market to Ryan becoming a runner and yeah. then super interested in the running store also. So we'll talk all of that. Good, I love it. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's going to be juicy. Coffee and running. Coffee yep. and running. It's just like Tara running and yep. uh, Cleveland Coffee and Market. Join together. People mm-hmm. walk in the front door of the running store and they go, oh, it smells really good in here. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know. It's, it's the coffee, coffee shop in the back. <laughs> Okay, before we get into deep, let's do the warm-up. Let's right. ask you some warm-up questions. Um, so these are just fun, silly questions. We want to get to know you better, and so do our listeners. So first one, what is your favorite thing to eat before, during, or after a run? Before would be oatmeal with peanut butter. Okay. And bananas. Yum. And it has to be, man. So I 
was in a crazy routine when I was running. We'll get into this probably, I'm sure. But I can't remember. It was, I had a time in which I needed to eat it before I would go on the run. Mm. I want to say it was two hours. Wow. Mm, okay. That seems ridiculous, though, now that I'm thinking about it in hindsight. I, Not I, really. I went through a phase where I, I think I took it too serious, where I pretended I was a professional runner. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a different phase now. Yep. yep. But definitely oatmeal, peanut butter, mm-hmm. and bananas. Awesome. And steel cut. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. steel you do cut. the real kind of steel cut. Real? No, it's like the cut. five minute steel cut, <laughs> which I, which be, it baffles me to this day because I can't pull it off um, faster than ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> False advertising. I doing it wrong? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, let's not get into that. Okay. Let's not get into oatmeal talk. Uh, okay, tell us what your favorite season is and why. Season, okay, I, I thought you were going into shows. <laughs> oh. I'm, like, I'm like, they're going to ask me a show I don't no, even watch. No, no just season what of the year. What is your favorite season of yeah. Game of Thrones? <laughs> um, uh, spring, for sure. Okay. okay. Why? Um, I like life, not death. Mm. Oh, that's good. This is getting deep. I like Early. It. Yeah, no, so that's like the deep answer. The, the, the other answer is I'm a Florida boy. Uh, I grew up in Florida on the East Coast, uh, Space Coast, so mm-hmm. like where the space shuttle goes off, where Elon Musk hangs out mm-hmm. these days. And um, in Florida, you don't have seasons. Um, and so when we first moved to Greenville, spring was literally like magical moment out of like a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Like when it ha- when the first time we were experiencing it. So like first time going through and doing each one of the seasons, spring you have... Everything blooming, everything going green, birds, every, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just enjoyed that sort of coming in that season. I'm, I'm assuming you don't really have allergies because um, no, I don't. I'm, I'm familiar with Greenville <laughs> because that's where my older brother and all my nephews, my niece lives. So I'm, I'm over there multiple times a year, all the mm-hmm. time. And uh, I hear that you all have pollen like we do here in Cleveland, mm-hmm. just coating the cars it's really bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I literally don't have an answer of why I'm immune to it. Well, I mean, that's it's like, I amazing. Like feel, there's like certain, I like feel bad almost like admitting that because mm-hmm. I just know how much people go through with it. And I don't, I don't understand why. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Some people don't, it doesn't really affect me much yeah. at all. Either. It doesn't affect me either. Uh-huh. And neither of us, n- none of us grew up in these areas. Yeah. Do you think that's related? That's true. We both grew up I in the north. Putting, and okay. okay. We yeah. have a conclusion. Or at least a hypothesis. A hypothesis. We're not doctors. Yeah. We have no idea what we're talking about. But, <laughs> but none of us have it's allergies. It's, I say true. It's, it's facts. Yeah. Let's just go with there facts. There you go. So. There you go. <laughs> all right. Next warm-up question. Salty, sweet, or spicy? Spicy. Mm, what's your favorite spicy food i so uh my wife and i we love tacos and burritos and we probably embarrassingly eat it more than we should and i think part of it is that we like to have we have at our house a hot sauce bar like of just the various different hot sauces that we collect and we'll try new ones and we'll we'll get our burritos or tacos and we'll put little dots on there and then eat them and Mm. and then do that and talk about them Uh uh-huh spoken Um, like a true coffee roaster yeah 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 no no it's not that serious i think it's um i don't know i don't know why spicy for sure we enjoy this sp- the spicy like ob- i really like habanero flavor um 
And then the tactile burn aspect of it too, a good a nose run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sweat, yeah. sweat a little. <laughs> You're I, doing I, it right when it. you start to sweat. Yeah, That's, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you get to invent a holiday that everyone has to celebrate. What is the holiday, and when is it? Normal day. Okay. <laughs> and it's to celebrate only things that would be considered sort of normal, so like not special. Okay. Or. Or, like, negative, it's just literally just, like, normal. So, like, think of anything that you would consider to be normal mm-hmm. or just, like, almost, like, generic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or, like, uh, so, okay, like, uh, I'll, I'll pick on myself coffee-wise. Mm-hmm. So, no one can drink any special coffee. It's got to be only, like, Folgers. Okay. Oh. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It sounds like Lent. So yep. like, <laughs> okay, and, um, interestingly enough, I grew up in a different type of church up- upbringing yeah. that didn't have a lot of sort of like the scheduled things. Right, right. I, I don't know a lot about like, almost like Orthodox calendar type mm-hmm. stuff. And I've learned over the years how much I'm more in line with, and it makes sense to me, that calendar yep. than anything else. Anyways, so normal day, right? So then you're just not wearing like crazy clothes uh-huh. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just generic you know when would it be what time of year uh, well it would have to be on my favorite i guess season yeah. Spring. yeah in the spring yeah normal day in the spring yeah it would and it would take over easter no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> no. okay no, no, no. we just lost a couple of yeah, listeners. No. no no i would, I, I would never do that that was a joke springtime is yeah. in a comfy position away from Easter. Yep, great. You know? <laughs> I love it. All right, I think I know the answer to this one. But okay. coffee, tea, or pop? And do you call it pop? I don't call it pop. It took me a couple seconds to know what you were saying. Yes, so I for sure you call it soda, don't soda, you? Soda, mm-hmm. soda. I mean, there was a time in my life where I'd love to dig into, like, be like it's soda, not pop. Uh-huh. Now you're just call like, what you want. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should. Um, I should take a. I should take a tip. I feel in that, that it's soda. <laughs> I would for sure have to say coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No doubt about it. Unquestionable. Well, yeah. I don't well, really do soda too much anymore. Mm, me neither. I'm trying yeah. to trying to cut it out. Soda. I feel like soda is kind of dying with Gen X. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's hot a, take. Here's a hypothesis. Yeah. yeah here's yeah. a. I like it. Yeah. That's what I've gathered. That's true. I think there's, it's kind of, it's almost like, it's same like with cigarettes even. Yes. You know, like people are just like, this is obviously now a no brainer. Just right. I'm going to opt out of this. Yeah. So coffee it is for me. Okay. I think awesome. all three of our guests so far have voted coffee. Really? V- very yeah. proud. Tea would be a tough one, I think. Okay. Like tea's good, but I think culturally tea, like tea, it's going to be hard to find a tea person. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's true. true. That's true. The Terror Girls podcast is sponsored by the Summer Sizzler Race Series, a 5K race series celebrating summer. Learn more and register at terrorrunning.com. All right. Thanks for uh, indulging us. We we did realize after we wrote these that um, we must have been hungry when we wrote them because they're almost all about food. (laughs) So this is not a food podcast. It's a running podcast. Uh, before we get into running, we mentioned that you uh, operate a roaster and a coffee shop in Greenville, Due South um, Coffee Roasters. So how long have you been doing that? Mm-hmm. How did you get into it? Tell us a little bit more about... You want the whole story? I want... Yeah. I, I mean... I guess I don't think you know most of the whole story. <gasps> you don't know the whole story. I don't know. I don't Surprise know the whole story me. All right. I'll start from the beginning. Okay. Um, so basically, I was a college dropout who moved to New York City to be a DJ. 
Okay. I didn't know that. That's how it started. Wow. Yeah, so I got super into like house music and um, super into um, DJing, like with getting equipment and all stuff. I um, I sold my, my used my book money to buy DJ equipment instead of books. <laughs> and so um basically what happened was moved to new york i had like two thousand dollars in an envelope and like in cash with one bag one-way tickets i i did have people i knew there so i was going i wasn't going into just no stranger world but i had a room there went to the room handed my first sort of months of rent to uh the person and then you needed to find a job. That job ended up being um, a coffee job. Is a coffee adjacent job. I was mm-hmm. actually a I was a bus boy for like three months, and the brand was. Have you ever heard of Nespresso? Mm-hmm. So yeah. the capsules. Yeah. So they have a flagship store in the upper Upper East Side of Manhattan, and I just threw a friend I made in New York who worked in their corporate office. I was like, I needed. I was like so desperate because I was just like. $20 bill after $20 bill is like dwindling. It was just like the worst thing possible at that time would have been like to have to move back home. Mm-hmm. And so um, got a, a job as a bus boy and worked uh, three months um, as a bus boy. And then they offered me a job as a barista. Wow. Yeah. And so um, it was an amazing job because, you know, I had an $11 allowance for lunch Nice. Um, and in New York, it's really cool because um, you can order delivery any of anything mm-hmm. anywhere. And so it was just $11, what do you want to get? And I had um, a, a subway, pa- like a train, the tra- to take the train to get to work. And anywhere in New York City, I had a monthly free, like basically just free transportation. Um, so worked as a barista, enjoyed the hospitality aspect of it um because with the with the capsules it's you're not really actually interacting with the coffee if you think about it mm-hmm. you're just sort of, it's already contained and you're just sort of taking this thing from one sort of spot to the next dropping it in and then hitting the button and everything's being taken care of for you so you're not learning much about coffee but um i had a manager there that was like became a really good mentor um in the hospitality realm of things mm-hmm. and then if you really know about that environment the upper east side of manhattan that's where you have an insane amount of money. So the clientele there is just like so demanding. Like when I say you have uh, guests who don't actually have the word no in their vocabulary, <laughs> I'm like not even kidding. Like it's you can't even fathom it, but it's like for their lives, there's not the word no. So mm-hmm. um, the, the manager was just someone who kind of taught me how to create this uh, create this world in which it's almost like a game where you're sort of trying to meet the challenges of these people. Um, and so you'd have, like, we have a menu where there's, like, a fancy grilled cheese, a Gruyere cheese with a truffle butter spray or whatever. Um, and, um, oh, by the way, like, clients would be, like, Prince or Prince of Princess of Jordan, Ambassador of Greece. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so on a day-to-day basis, I'm interacting with these types of individuals and their demands. And so you'd have one of them say, I'd like the, I'd like the tomato, uh, sorry, I'd like the um, grilled cheese, but with a slice of tomato. We don't have tomatoes in the back kitchen. So, you know, rookie mistake in this environment would be like, sorry, we don't have tomatoes. They'll look at you like you have like 10 heads. 
like it's just sort Go of like a, a tomato. Yeah, well, I don't even. It's just more so like they don't even. They don't even necessarily know the solution. Right. You just told them they're not able to get something. Uh-huh. Like, and it's that's such a foreign concept because it's all there all the time mm-hmm. for them. It's impossible to not have anything at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we. I learned. You know, I would go and be like, "They said tomato," and he goes, "Go run across the street to the bodega, grab mm-hmm. a tomato." Duh. You know, it's like, oh, my goodness. So it became actually something that later in my sort of career became super helpful because, you know, oftentimes when you're sort of in a service industry, you have a a bunch of individuals who have these challenges come at them and they're all very unpredictable. But then they interpret it within the, the mind of also being a customer. And like, it's like, how dare they? Or why would they? It's absurd that they do this rather than actually sort of receiving it as like, that's the actual job is to receive those challenges and find the solutions without saying no to them. And the more that you can do that, the better of a like a hospitable environment you can have. It's the equivalent of actually treating individuals like they are walking into your home. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, the, you know, the, like if you imagine friends coming over to your house and you say, uh, and they say, hey, you know what? I'm thirsty. Can I get a wa- like a, a water or whatever? And you're just kind of like, Ugh, like I have to get up out of my, my cat <laughs> off the couch and get you water. You know what I mean? It's like in that in that in that moment, you're like, yeah, I got you because you're just excited mm-hmm. because people have arrived to your home. And so if you can kind of click that. So I had, a, I had a boss who, for whatever reason, was able to click that, um, uh, sort of turn that switch on for me. And this is at age 21. So it's weird. I don't know. I don't know. So moved from New York City down to Fort Lauderdale. Um, I wanted to be closer to my brother who was about to get married. And so best bet, one of the best moves I made in my life is because once he got married, you know, obviously you get married and then the time sort of, that you have with other people shrinks. Um, and th- But we're also getting to an age where it's like, you know, we're in different cities and all that stuff. So moved down, spent a whole year with him, roomed with him, and I needed a job. And so he said, well, you have that coffee job that you did in New York. The coolest coffee shop is here. So I went there, met them. They were hiring, got hired, and um, they were a wholesale account of Intelligentsia Coffee. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that coffee, um, but they're based out of Chicago. And they're kind of one of the sort of trailblazers of what's currently like just in trend. Terms like single origin, direct trade, um, uh, sort of uh, what would you just like the almost like roaster cafe experience, um, roasting in general. And so um, I started working actually with the coffee by using like an actual traditional espresso machine, got the uh, coffee in my hands and started like sort of really getting super into it. You know, that feeling you get super into something and super into something. And it just turns from work to like an obsession where like you can't get enough of it. And then you just like consume the most amount of information and learn the most in a quick amount of time. It was like one of those moments. And so Intelligentsia became a resource where I would go on to their website and to YouTube and watch these videos. And there was this one video of a guy named Kyle Glanville, uh, who uh, he's still around um, and he's a successful coffee professional. Um, and he was 
talking about espresso um, as a, represent, a representative of intelligentsia, and he was wearing like a really nice sort of like um, like vest. It looked very dapper. <laughs> and he was holding himself in this professional way where like, and he was talking about the coffee and, and there's this moment I, I distinctly remember where, you know, coffee and the job that I was doing at the time was like, um, okay, um, I guess this is what I need to do to make money until I figure out what I want to do. And then this video was like, oh, he, this is what he does for a living. And I didn't know it was possible until I saw the video and I was like, I do that for a living. So it was literally within that one video, it, it switched from I'll figure it out to I figured it out. <laughs> and so from there, moved to Miami because there was a roaster that was moving into town from Portland, Oregon. He was the original um, head roaster of Stumptown Coffee, mm-hmm. uh, which is very popular. Head roaster moved to Miami. I was in Fort Lauderdale. I made the trek down. Wanted to put myself around the right people, put myself around him, learned so much, uh, infinitely grateful of that experience, like learned about other things like account management, a large part of what I do now, um, and then was there for five years. And then uh, my wife and I, we wanted to move out of Miami and sort of start the next chapter of our life. We didn't see ourselves staying there for uh, much longer. So we shopped around in the Carolinas through networking, called one of the partners of Do South, who I had met through doing competitions uh, in coffee. And then he said, yes, I have work for you. And then it ended up working out. And I got up in 2017, and that's right around probably when I met yeah. you. So mm-hmm. Do South Coffee was in a position in which they were in, in severe need of leadership. They had these two individuals who started it, and um, they both had full-time jobs. It became successful enough to where then you had people wanting to work there and you had people wanting to drink coffee there and they just couldn't control it. And they had a hard time finding someone who could just keep it all together and organized and have systems in place and all that stuff. And so that's how I got hired is to kind of get that all together and going. And so now it's been six years this uh, upcoming month in March. Awesome. To 2023. So. Mm-hmm. And that's the coffee story. Wow. What a great story. So good. It's amazing how uh, most, I would say, business owners and operators, it's not like you have a background in business and you thought, I want to go, I want to run a coffee shop and a roaster. Yeah. Like, it just, life gets you there, right? And, like, I have a very roundabout story, too. And Mm -hmm. I'm finding that that's more common than it is uncommon, um, especially with people who... Yeah, own or operate their own business. Yeah, I think that it's, I mean, maybe it's the American dream. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot, there's still a lot of opportunity. I think also the internet plays a large part in that just mm-hmm. because resources are so available now. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that'd, that'd be the good side of the internet. Yeah. Um, is that it's just if you want to, like I said, I wanted to learn all of a sudden it wasn't hard to find in yeah. Fort Lauderdale where there wasn't a lot of the sort of specific type of coffee I was wanting to do at that time. So you can live, you can, the the upside and the downside, I guess, of the internet is that you can live in worlds that you're not in. Yep. So if you need to learn and you need to pick up resources and maybe 
the good side would be applying it into your immediate community and actually mm -hmm. engaging and having human interaction based off the skills you're working with. Yeah. And, but I guess you can also disappear and never come back in the internet. Today. Right, right. So. But yeah, the self-taught kind of mm -hmm. arm of business ownership and leadership, I think, is really interesting and very common. I ended up, I did end up going back to school and finishing within mm -hmm. that whole period mm -hmm. of time. And it was uh, in like leadership and business leadership and yeah. stuff like that. That's awesome. So, that is great. Um, yeah, I really it's in a lot of ways for me now where I'm at is sort of like really sort of trying to learn as much and be as best the possible but possible I can a leader mm -hmm. um, and trying to figure out what is the best kind of leading because there's all sorts of different approaches mm -hmm. to leadership um, and I've you know I've obviously through my life had bad leadership and, and good leadership and mm -hmm. so um, yeah just having I guess those responsibilities right mm -hmm. I don't know yeah because now I'm 36 now so it's you get your I'm getting into territory where I shouldn't be sort of, I guess, always making coffee. <laughs> I should be inspiring people to, mm -hmm. to uh, make good coffee and, and be good at taking care of people mm -hmm. uh, in, in the space that we have. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so I know this is not a coffee podcast, although I, I'm loving it. I if you, if you know me, I also she's love... Like, she's like, boring. <laughs> no, yeah. Tiff is... I, I, no, no, I love coffee. It's a hobby for me. I have a home roaster. Yeah. I like to roast my own coffee at home. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I had no idea. No, no, can't have her. Nope. She's, she has a job. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm loving it. This is one of the things I love about Tara is it's running and coffee. Yeah, um, so mm -hmm. I'm loving it. But for real quick, and we're going to switch to running because I know this is technically a running podcast. Yes. Tell our listeners what is different about coffee like Due South versus Folgers that they have to drink on normal day? Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that's a good question. Um, I think first and foremost, it probably would be foundationally um, the sourcing, maybe a little bit more of an ethical way. Um, you get into commodity coffee and it's uh, a big like sort of sweep of sort of products. And so you're having to engage in sort of third world countries and then you're you're pr probably putting yourself into positions in which like people aren't getting paid as much as they should. Right. It's like why you get like programs like fair trade that kind of show up and stuff is because it's a response to like it's basically a minimum wage um, sort of scenario. It's like these people need to at least make this much because for for so many years it was just they were getting nothing and it was oppressive and all that stuff. So I guess. I, I would always I would almost be surprised if Folgers has had to evolve just based off demand and sort of the trends and everything. But um, I think that like just like the world that Do South Coffee lives in, in in regards to specialty coffee, if you could just separate it into two things, uh, commodity and specialty, then we're getting into this sort of much smaller sliver of the, the, the whole pie um, where then you're having to like get to actually know you have to know you have to source relationships ultimately and so uh, one of our partners ricardo uh he is the ceo of uh, uh, ally coffee importers which i think is how that connection did maybe happen where you found out about mm -hmm. do south was through, through ally, ally. I, yeah, think I think that's so. i remembering that mm -hmm. correctly 
Um, but he's the one who goes and he um, sources all of these coffees from all these different coffee producing countries. But what you learn is um, you can be in any country. People talk about coffee producing countries um, that are like famous, like Colombia or Brazil. And now like Colombia is like world renowned coffee. It's like the best place to get coffee. But reality is, is that you can have like the worst cu- uh, tasting cup of coffee in, that's from Colombia. And you can have the best tasting coffee from Colombia. Let's just pick on this country. Um, so the reality, the reality is that you have to, to have people behind it who are making the right decisions in order for that quality to to make sure that it's it's seen through to the up to the roasting point. So we're talking about um, coffee producing countries, the origins. Um, so. Um, that means that you do ultimately have to go look for people who are sort of almost in a similar mindset of like making a good cup of coffee. So can you, you can imagine going all the way to somewhere in sort of high on a mountain and then that person that you meet, they also be like, they're like, yes, I want to make a good cup of coffee, but they don't, uh, a lot, a lot of times they don't actually ever get to hold the end product in their hand. Can you imagine like my desire is to make this really tasty cup of coffee, but I'm never going to get to taste that cup of coffee. That's like a, like a pretty common scenario. Um, And so that's, I guess what happens is then you're needing to sort of like say like do, if you do this amount of work, then we we're going to pay you more because this coffee is going to be more expensive. And then, so it just kind of gets into that realm, I guess, to where then, Ultimately, all of those, there's a number of other factors like roasting, like probably we were roasting everything differently. Maybe if you look at generic roasting is it's like a, you just dump in and it's all sort of a similar what would be known as a profile, which is an application of heat over time. So it's just like the same thing. doesn't matter what the coffee is or are you taking all these coffees from these different areas and considering their density and moisture content and variety and all these size of the the beans and all these various things and then applying heat to it based off those various different variables that it has to ultimately capture a sweet spot for that specific coffee to highlight its natural sort of characteristics and flavors so like it just gets into i guess more detail to and maybe the goals maybe the goals of like do south versus a a generic coffee are are different Mm -hmm. so yeah you know you have a low then end product here is a lower price point so that's that's the interesting thing about coffee um and we kind of touch on that in our our, our what would you call it slogan mm-hmm. um is so you can still like coffee is that's bad is still going to be around because it's at a price point where people can grab it and it can be probably more quick and efficient but ultimately it's still going to have the same amount of uh, caffeine in it um, if not more caffeine because lower quality coffees tend to have more caffeine in it Um, and so for us our slogan useful and good what we're talking about is at, at, at best making sure that we're recognizing the coffee as like inherently utilitarian so it's like this thing that people use as a tool to get up in the morning and like almost to keep ourselves sort of not precious with what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But then, so it's like, let, it's foundationally this. So let's start there, but then let's do the best that we possibly can with this product and then learn as we go. So like avoiding the word like perfect. So yeah. it's not useful mm-hmm. and perfect. It's useful and good. And mm-hmm. there's more room 
for growth in the word good than perfect, obviously. So yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. No, it's great. Awesome. I think it, I love it. It highlights how um, how much I guess almost like an art coffee can yeah, be and, and is and. Um, if you fall down that hole, it'll it'll suck you right down. <laughs> There's endless endless information and variables yeah. in the world, and I guess for certain people that is exciting. Yeah. It's almost mm-hmm. like the excitement of knowing that there's never like a a point of finish. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. it's more of the journey of just sort of like learning and learning and learning. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you. Uh, Want to come taste some of the differences in the coffee? Come to Cleveland Coffee Market. Yeah, um, we have two, um, I guess, drip coffees, one single origin and one of our house roast, and so always rotates yeah. the single mm-hmm. origin. You can taste uh, what coffee, different coffees taste like from different places mm-hmm. around the world, and how Do South has chosen to highlight those notes. Mm-hmm. And if you like that coffee, you can grab a bag and take it home. Oh, Absolutely. even better. Yeah, and well, not even. If it's a single origin that we have right now, mm-hmm. it's also going to be 12% off. Yes. Okay. We've, yes. We've if you, talked if about you don't have a grinder, don't worry about it. We'll yeah, grind we'll it for gr- you. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Yes. The Terror Girls podcast is brought to you by Cleveland Coffee and Market, your place for treats and gifts downtown. Located on 1st Street, Cleveland Coffee and Market serves a menu of specialty coffee drinks, teas, and frozen blended drinks. We're proud to source as many of our ingredients, food, and vendors as locally as possible. Stop in for a single-origin coffee, art, candles, honey, and other vendors, all from right here in Cleveland. Cleveland Coffee and Market is your downtown coffee shop, open 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day of the week. So just like coffee is a journey, Uh, um, I'd love to hear more about running in your life. When we first met years ago, Mm -hmm. running, you know, was a section of our business that maybe we didn't you and I didn't really talk yeah. about a ton but as you came to visit more um your your hobby of running kind of got bigger and bigger and um yeah I'd love to hear more about how yeah. running has played a part in your life and yeah, how it fits it, into all of this yeah it's fu- it is it's funny how it's almost like retroactively I found out how cool your space was like it's like it's like i like i obviously like it's like oh that's cool they're Uh like doing a coffee shop that's what's cool about it this Mm -hmm. running thing i just like i don't i don't really get it Mm -hmm. but then like later in time it's just like oh my i think it dawned on me once i had had got caught the bug with like running where i was just like that is such a cool space Mm -hmm. right so um, I think I'm probably at this point not a sort of unique story as far as my starting goes, uh, because I started during COVID. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, wow. So I think a lot. I think that ended up, be, ended up being a lot of people's stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you hear that a lot? Yes, we hear that a lot. Store? Yeah. yeah. So I had, I actually had some buddies uh, of mine. So everyone's tr- everyone during COVID time, the quarantine was trying to figure out. Um, what to do, I guess, with their lives. And so, uh, especially within entertainment and hanging out with friends, because um, being married, you can only hang out with that person so much. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's good to have space. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you, how do you figure this out? And um, I love my wife, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> if, if she's listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, you know, it's just more of like balance and everything. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. you, you get into a point where it's just like you're in the four walls of the space with any human being. Mm-hmm. It's just going to go insane. Um, and um, so some high school buddies of mine, we ended up every Friday on Zoom hanging out and doing a happy hour. 
Oh, that's cool. Fun. <laughs> and it was like the highlight of everyone's Friday. Was mm-hmm. it? I, you never would think this, right? But like getting on Zoom and cherishing a Zoom hangout sounds like the most sort of god awful thing. Because <laughs> maybe now, but during COVID, no, it, that that's was what I'm like, saying. So yeah, it's like you can, it's such it. a, it's even even, but even now it doesn't seem it seems not desirable. Uh huh. So, but there was a moment in time yeah. where it was just like I, you just everyone that you knew everyone on that Zoom call needed this. Yep. And so we would have fun, laughs. We figure out ways to play music while we were hanging out. Like we would be in a normal setting. Uh-huh. Like, and so we were, and we'd like listen to this song and this. Oh, it's my turn to play a song. And we're like playing songs and singing songs together and stuff like that. <laughs> it was a blast. And um, at one point, uh, one you know, one of the guys he does CrossFit, uh, and he's like he was the the fit, healthy person doing the healthy things. And he had mentioned something about running. It's like, you guys should all just like try one mile. Um, and everyone basically through peer pressure was like, it, one person was like, I'll do it. It's a fine, I'll do it, I'll do it. And so then we basically through peer pressure, like we're all waking up the next morning and running a mile and then like saying like, I ran my mile. That, that was awful. Like the worst thing ever. <laughs> but we all did it together. Yep. And then it started becoming like we were checking in. It was almost like it. We were doing Strava before I knew because I just wasn't in the world that Strava yep. existed, or even uh, was the Nike mm-hmm. Club, Nike, Nike Run Club. Nike Run yeah. Club. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, funny enough, I had I started Nike Run Club before that, and so before Strava, mm-hmm. and so um, yeah, so, so we're just like checking in, and also it's like, well, I'm gonna do two miles now, and then what ended up happening is that my roaster. Um, Benjamin, he had been running for quite a bit already. And so then when I would come in and then all of a sudden we're having conversation, like we started talking about running and then it's like you start, it's like almost like part of the important or part of the fun of running is doing the thing to then talk to other people about how your run went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's clearly it's, so much fun. We have an entire podcast. I know. Yeah. <laughs> All we do is talk about running. Yeah, no. And, and yeah. now I'm like, I'm genuinely excited to yeah. like talk about running with you guys. Mm-hmm. But I guess you have to like pay your dues to get to a point where it even makes sense to mm-hmm. be able to be like, so running. Cause you would never even imagine. Right. Like it would be fun to talk about running with other people. But mm-hmm. then it's just, I guess you're, it's just basically a shared struggle. Yep. Yeah. Right. And so, um, Benjamin and I would talk about running and then another friend of mine in Greenville, he, I, I remember that he ran. And so I was like, hey, man, I started running and then he then running together yep. is mind blowing. So that <laughs> like, oh, my goodness, like that that was such a fun thing. And then it became these very like intimate moments. It, it's probably one of the most intimate things you could do is run with one other person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, running in larger groups is a whole other different it's a, a whole other dynamic but like running with one person you can't run with a stranger mm-hmm. because it's it would just be awkward mm-hmm. like you know do you know what i mean yeah. like for right. whatever reason you, you get going on the run and then you have to talk about things that aren't necessarily small talk mm-hmm. yeah it, Soon they're not a stranger. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you run with someone, just one other person, 
you're going to have to talk, and by the time you're done, they're no longer a stranger. Yeah, yeah. because you, there's no way you're just going to run uh, three miles right. and not say a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, is, that, is some, that is so weird and awkward yeah. to think about, right? Yes, yeah. So it's like has, there has to be something, and then it's a whole other different experience in itself. It helps in sort of the running going by quicker. The run, mm-hmm. like it's distracting in that way. I think it's it's maybe twice as distracting as like listening to music or a podcast. Mm-hmm. So sometimes then it becomes like a almost like a strategy of like I need you to run with me because mm-hmm. mentally I'm seeing this run as a challenge, and so n- attaching you to me can then allow me to have the distraction to just get it over with because I need to do this run. Mm-hmm. So, um. started running with this guy and then it just like it became stacking miles Mm -hmm. like so you I just wanted to run more miles and then it became a whole other thing about learning about your body Mm -hmm. like literally the anatomy of your body Mm -hmm. like I okay I know the muscle popliteus I I don't (laughs) me neither what is that (laughs) no and it'll make sense once I tell you Uh the story but like there's a muscle that's behind your knee Uh that is like tucked almost between like where your hamstrings cross over each other uh, Mm -hmm. behind the knee behind that there's like a round just sort of nugget of a muscle called Mm -hmm. the popliteus and um when you, it's like it's like okay, I have something that's bothering me. I'm uncomfortable when I'm running in this area. What is that? Why is it bothering mm-hmm. me? And um, that's a whole other challenge in itself, right? Because I think a lot of people fall off, or you can dig in and learn how to take care of that. And it's once you realize it and you actually heal from that, it's like a whole other like part of feeding to this like addiction of running. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like. it's you know what I mean yeah I don't know how to describe it just like coffee I think it it made me think of running when you were talking about there is endless information and you can just fall on this rabbit hole and learn everything there is to know about every muscle and every tendon and every ligament in your body and it's to a point, it's so interesting, right? Because yeah. there are things that you would never interact with in your body, yes. just a normal day-to-day, mm-hmm. walking down yeah. the hallway. But when you run, you kind of push yourself to the limit, and you you have to figure those things out. It's yeah. a finding a solution, no matter what it is. Or you quit, you know, which we see right. sometimes, too. And Yeah, I guess maybe more often than not. I don't mm-hmm. know. I assume there's more quitters than... Mm-hmm. Winners? Yeah, I think. <laughs> I, don't know. I, don't I, know. I think it's interesting because when you do get an injury, because you're right, you're saying this now. I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't know about the VOM muscle in my quad mm-hmm. until I had an injury there, and I learned about it, and then you learn how to fix it. You, yeah, because it. you become obsessed with. It's like you become obsessed with that spot on your body. Yep. Mm-hmm. Until you can get it remedied, because you're you know that is stopping you from doing that thing. That it, it talk about a huge bummer is uh, you know obviously the ups and downs of running, mm-hmm. uh, even mentally, mm-hmm. is that once you find a group of people that you're running with and then you look forward to those runs and then you know they're going on a run and you can't because mm-hmm. you have that thing. Mm-hmm. You're that's you're the, the you're obsessed with that spot because yep. you're just then you're in this mode of like healing it as quickly as you possibly yeah. can mm-hmm. so that you can then just get back out there and be in that running group yep. again. Mm-hmm. Um and if you're training that, you know Mm-hmm. continuing to train but yeah the, it was it didn't end up being an issue with my popliteus but i was that's how <laughs> the, how crazy i was right, going right. because i was trying to search everything and i was like on youtube for everything 
and I was in Pop Lydia's world trying <laughs> to figure out how to massage it, loosen it up, or what uh-huh. it was. It ended up being um, a ham- the hamstring tendon. That's the mm-hmm. one that's like on the inner, the inner one that feels like guitar strings mm-hmm. down there. Yeah, yeah. Which um, I ended up figuring out what to do, mm-hmm. and it's very easy. Yeah, yeah, it's very. And it's just strength training. It's empowering. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, I mean, I I went as far as like I was basically. I ran my first race. It was a Santa run, mm-hmm. you know, run. I was running through foam. That was supposed to be, you know, things. <laughs> but in my mind, I was racing a race. You, uh-huh. know? you know, there's Santa, blow up Santas. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm in the Olympics. You know? <laughs> and so I'm running. I finished and I ran, ran the 5K the fastest that I've run it. Um, and then um, I, I, for whatever reason, that, that whole, became a whole other thing. Because I think some people are could care less for me, it was just like, whoa, how do I run that faster? And then also, like, the friends of mine I was running with were faster. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I want to run fast. Yeah. And so um, then figuring out, like, training like tr- like training blocks and, mm-hmm. and sort of then you get into the world of easy runs and intervals and, and how it work makes up the week and, mm-hmm. and implementing all of those things and then seeing your fitness improve and then – Getting your first Garmin watch, yep, you yep. know, and how, you know, um, that feeds the helpful. obsession. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> it, feeds, it feeds the obsession and also the depression sometimes <laughs> yeah, because absolutely. you're just like looking at it. You, mm-hmm. you, I don't, I know you can turn it off, but I always, I always forget until it gives me the prompt of mm-hmm. that thing that shows you your condition after like yes. seven miles. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, yeah so you're <laughs> just running, you like, you got like, uh, like, let's say 10 miles ahead of you and it's like negative three yeah yeah and you're like but then it says positive three and you're like oh yes. yeah i'm Crushing super I'm this is gonna be an awesome one of, one of the things that <laughs> is my least favorite with my garmin is if you come back and you're like i did that like that felt good like mm-hmm. i got my workout yep. in yep. and then you end it and it tells you that your oh. ro- your workout was unproductive yeah yep. the detraining and you're like or mine me, mine's what? currently saying that i'm in recovery and I'm like, yeah, I yeah, yeah. am. I just did a hard swim, and you're gonna tell me that was only good for recovery. Yeah, exactly. and I'm not making any yeah. progress. I'm like ready to chuck it out the window. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, and you mentioned like so there are definitely seasons of mm-hmm. fitness, right? Yes. You you're super into it. You're feeling good. You're feeling strong. You have friends that do it, mm-hmm. and then there are seasons of you hate it, or you can't fit it in, or you don't like it. Yeah. Um, how has that been for you? Awful. <laughs> how so? Yeah. So, um, a ye- this it's funny how this conversation actually ties in with my last visit here. So yeah. a year ago today, uh huh. Um, I had it, it must have been like March first or second, and so I ran a race on February twenty twenty eighth. Uh, it was the Greenville. It's the one Sue, uh, Sue, who used to work Sue, here. Sue, original yes. Terror Girl. Yes. Sue Joyner, yep. who yeah. was also in uh, season one. Yeah. Go find her episode. Yeah, Sue was the original creator mm-hmm. of Terror Girls with me. Yeah. But she came to Greenville yes. a year ago and ran a half, I guess so, right? She must be like the Holy Spirit. <laughs> 
in the Trinity of Terra Girl? <laughs> yes, right? she is. Because she she's is. sort of, you still, can't really see yeah, her. Yeah, still here. It's a more of a vibe than it is an actual yeah. thing. Yeah. Wow. She's like, you're kinda, welcome. She's you're just welcome. around all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 you're absolutely right. Yeah. Right. Cool. Um, so um, I had just finished that um, half marathon. Um, I had run one prior to that. Um, that got me su- like, so yeah. Um, one year ago today, I ran that race and I had done like a whole, like a 12 week training block, like super serious about it. Like all, like I'm supplemented out. Mm-hmm. I got nutrition mm-hmm. plans. I got like long runs on the weekends and I'm running those and I'm having like all various different types of workouts that I'm learning and I'm doing successfully. And I'm, it's just like a mate, like the fittest I've ever been. Mm-hmm. It's the fitness is stacking, stacking. And, um, my goal was to run a, um, sub 90 minute half marathon. Mm-hmm. So I guess I would put it at like just under seven minutes per mile. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, 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 I personally think I like, I did what I set out to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran it, um, uh, 90 minutes. That's okay. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was very happy. It, was, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a big bummer or anything. Be, yep. Not to, be, because also I had PR'd by eleven minutes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So That's amazing. I, I, I PR'd the five k in it in the ten k. Wow. You know, it was like one of those runs yeah, yeah, where yeah. you just like. Just yep. Yeah. So, um, I had just come off that. Came for this visit. Mm-hmm. Two to three days after um, I had gotten back, I had gotten the worst like stomach bug. Mm. Um, that was like basically it put me out for like two weeks like Mm -hmm. energy wise so like Mm. I was almost in a way I was like that's well better now than because I'm wanting to rest anyways but that stomach bug during that time then I had these two teeth I have two fake teeth in front here they're crowns this one here decided to die and get infected Oh no! and it was the worst pain I've ever been in I would never wish tooth pain on anyone mm-hmm. i'll take any i would take shin splints times mm. 10 mm-hmm. just because it's like nervy and yeah. in your yep. face and i ended up having to go on two rounds of antibiotics uh while i was like supplementing between tylenol and advil mm-hmm. and i pretty sure i just wrecked my stomach mm-hmm. um and ended up developing i think it was like whatever is like before an ulcer mm-hmm so it was like I was sort of like going to the doctor for these things, got COVID, mm. like uh, during that time. Yep. And um, it was like an unreal amount of mo- what I would describe as momentum killers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then went into vacation in the summer, and I was like, I'm not. And it just became this thing that ultimately was like, ah, just I'm not gonna. Ah, I'm just uh, to where mm-hmm. literally I stopped running mm-hmm. completely, and so. Um, it's almost like I can, it's weird because I can, I didn't, I did before running and getting into running, I didn't really have any information of the benefits of running, but then having the benefits of running and then not running, it amplifies how important running is. And, and it's, it's just not about the, this is very cliche, I think at this point, but it's not about the, like running the next PR or anything like right. that, but it's ultimately about your health like overall and just your mental health too. Mm-hmm. I think that isn't that in your um your slogan or something? 
um, inspiring. No, no. You, well, you have one a t-shirt that says something about like run wild, run. Um, yeah, yeah. Run, wor- run more, worry less. Oh, run more, worry less. Yeah. Yes. Wow, we do have that. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. R- uh, well, yeah. Run more, worry less, and I mean yep. that's for sure. Like, yeah. That's for me. That that makes yeah. sense mm-hmm. because it's just I don't know. Like you don't you don't realize all that clarity and sharpness you have in mm-hmm. mind from that. Um, and that's all. There's all scientific backup. For mm-hmm. that. I, I can't tell you what yeah. it is. You know. Um, Listen to Andrew Andrew Huberman's podcast. Like <laughs> Don't be sending them away from our podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I thought that would be a joke. Have you ever heard of him? <laughs> no. Oh, he's the guy who does like all like the sauna and ice. Uh, the uh, they heard of Wim Hof method. And, no. Like taking um, cold plunges. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Tip. Sue. Sue was trying to tell us. I know. That the we Holy Spirit to do a cold of, dip. Yep. So. She's trying to get the two of us to go. She knows and film a, a she, girl. she when I said Andrew Huberman, I, I yeah, guarantee you she, she was like, head. yes, well done, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, no, so um, it's just very trendy right now. Yep, yep. Um, and so I guess long story short there would be then that um, this past month I got back into it. Um, and I'm at like, I, I mean, I literally had to start over. Yeah. Um, I, uh, it's insane. I weighed 150 one year ago and um at my at work worse mm-hmm. I mean I'm, it's, it's that's the other thing that's crazy is like being 36 getting older slower met- metabolism mm-hmm. just the weight that goes back I I got I gained 30 pounds mm-hmm. wow. like yeah. 30 pounds from February probably to like November December. yeah like it was just like holy smokes mm-hmm. so I, I feel like right now I'm in the the uh, weight shedding phase mm-hmm. of running. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's the other thing is like you, once you start, once you shed that weight, which I did prior mm-hmm. to running, then, then you just can run better. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just so, feel like, faster. Yeah. So it's, it's also crazy to then realize, but it's a little bit more like, um, it's less anxious of running mm-hmm. because I know I'm able to do it because I had already done that. Right. Yeah. I don't even know if anxious is the right word because I was literally just going into just unknown territory mm-hmm. and it was just like learn as you go. But now I have this other, ex- I have this experience of doing it to where it's just sort of like most important thing is to just keep going and mm-hmm. then get to that point where your brain makes that connection again with the running that then your brain tells you go run. Yeah. Because yeah. your brain is yep. like in this phase of like don't go run, don't go run. But you then also get in this phase of like, it's saying go run. You mm-hmm. need to go run. Yeah. Go run. It's a, a, there's a point a there's a point thing. where it switches. Yeah. yeah. So And I've always I totally agree. I've been in the rebuilding phase plenty of times. And that's always harder than just the first time you got in shape. Because now you know what it feels like to be in shape. It's, it's discouraged. You're, you're not you, there uh, yet. You beat yourself up. Yeah. You're just kinda like you piece of trash. Right. Yeah. At least I do. I Definitely. Definitely. It's like, you're trash. Why did you do this? Right. It's like, why are you back at this again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, you're comparing yourself constantly to you from a year ago. Right. Well, a year yeah, ago, I could exactly. do this and I could do this time and I weighed this and it's yeah. it's a challenge. It's like a bummer that you knew you could run f- yeah. a certain speed for a race and then you're just not able to do it. It's mm-hmm. like, really? Like, you can't just hold on to that? It has. It goes all the way back to... Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. 
So I, this is the thing is I'm like such a new runner too. Mm-hmm. It's like you, I constantly forget that, like that. I guess the more I talk with other people about it, it's like, I mean, you have a lot more history in running. I don't really, is it about the same or are you? I started running in college when okay. a friend was like, hey, do a half marathon with me. Yeah. And I said, okay. Yeah, <laughs> see, but that's, yeah. So I I only started in 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's pretty normal. Right? Yeah, I guess that absolutely. Like, yeah. Well, and you can't, and even Olympians cannot sustain <sighs> that level of fitness your peak level of fitness all the time. You're yeah. never meant to. I imagine right? they must be much like much more sort of highs and lows mentally. Yeah. Because there's just more at stake and stuff like that. They're just yeah. in like a different tier of yeah. good. But they're, you know, it's like, uh, well, I guess you could, work, let's just say Kipchoge mm-hmm. runs his two-hour marathon. But then he's super bummed because yeah. he's going to run it in like, what, like two... Oh, three or something. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. two ten or something yeah. like that. And it's just like it's like me like going back to day one of fitness. Yeah, it's like yeah. the same feeling. Yep. Saw within the context of the weight. And yeah. I mean, because it's his career. So yeah. I, yeah so. Well, and there's always an off season. Yeah. I mean, no matter how fit you are, it's only within the realm of having some downtime too to recover and then rebuild. So yeah, mm-hmm. stick with it. I will say that's the the cool thing about running that I found early on is that it actually doesn't matter how fast or slow you run because like it's literally paralleled at any stage you're in like you can speak the same language and go through the same struggles with people that are faster than you or Mm -hmm. slower than you Mm -hmm. um and it that doesn't matter because and then you realize it's very much more like individual goal from just i guess a race perspective and beating your own self Mm -hmm. Um, rather than it being like, I guess maybe the team sport yeah, yeah. where there's like a, it's a hard entry level sort of, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Absolutely. All right. Well, you've shared a lot of wisdom and advice already, but we are going to formally ask you, what is your advice for a beginner runner? And then what is your advice for a seasoned runner? Someone who's been doing it for a while. Okay. Um, beginner runner is... Probably, man, if it's like, it's almost like the person who hasn't run at all is, I guess, start with mile one, but maybe set up, okay, my advice is set, get a group of friends who you care about, like you actually genuinely have to care about what they think, and you challenge, maybe you're the one who challenges your friends to do a mile with you. And then set up your almost own form of peer pressure and accountability by making your seeing if you can get your friends to do it. And then if your friends are doing it and you're doing it, then you're sharing your experience and then going from there. I like it. Yeah, great like advice. It. What about a seasoned runner? Um, a seasoned runner, I would just say keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great advice, Absolutely. honestly. Absolutely. Um, all right, so for our final lab question, this can be big or small, mm-hmm. but what do you hope your life will look like 10 years from now? 10 years from now, um, I would 10 years? 10 years. 
alive. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a yeah. good thing. <laughs> Definitely um, alive. Um, success still successful as I guess first and foremost a uh, husband and a father. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my my little one would be fourteen. Oh no! Oh man! <laughs> I guess what so and this would be uh, where do I want to see myself? Yeah. Um, still. Feel sane, I guess, mm-hmm. in regards to child, like my child, mm-hmm. and not sort of feeling overwhelmed. Um, career-wise, um, doing, continuing to do what I love in the field that I love, and making more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Than I am now. So, mm-hmm. but like in in the sense of like like a comp like um. Sort of established in Greenville as someone who is doing something for others, like, and making money off doing that. Mm-hmm. Basically taking advantage. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. You can do no, both. You know what you I mean? Definitely like, what is do it? Both. I think, I think you're, you are a little bit of an example and inspiration to that, right? Um, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, because I get little pieces here and there, but mm-hmm. you were just cranking away for <laughs> the, um, the YMCA, the YMCA yeah. right? Yep. But you were next to the mayor. Yep. I feel like you're in those circles and you're in those meetings and you're doing those things and you mm-hmm. have your headquarters and, and your hub where people go and there's mm-hmm. a community built around that and all that yeah, stuff. So. She is. She's the president-elect of the Cleveland Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. for next year. Yeah. So. so I just kind of almost like knew that without knowing that. <laughs> just because I know like that's the vibe, right, yeah. for you. And it seems like you're really invested in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's super inspiring. Thank you. So Thank you. Doing some form of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think small businesses have a unique opportunity to do things like that. And can show that it can be done while also making money and providing jobs. Yeah, and there's right. nothing wrong with either yeah. of those. Oh, no, not at mm-hmm. all. I think that's a pretty common mm-hmm. misconception is yeah. the, the making money part. Right, yeah. right. I am proud to be able to provide almost 10 yeah. jobs. So I think that's it's amazing. That's, yeah, it's really important. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. This was a, a delight to have you in the Terror Girls uh, podcast studio here yeah. at the Cleveland Public Library. <laughs> um, yeah. Coffee and running, too, my favorite thing. So I'm always happy to chat about it. And uh, just really cool to hear about your experiences. And, um, yeah. It's amazing when we have guests here that, I mean, we know them already. We haven't had anyone in here we don't know. But something new always comes to light. So I was really excited to hear about your um, previous life as a DJ. Yeah. (laughs) It's always a shocker. Yeah. It's so cool. I can't lie. I do have it in my pocket as a... Sort of, sort of like boom, like exciting throw yeah. off, throw people off. Type thing, so. I love it. Well, it was thank, fun. Yeah, thank you very much for for joining us on the Terror Girls podcast. I'm Brittany and I'm Tiffany, and we're the Terror Girls, inspiring people one runner at a time. The Terror Girls Podcast is brought to you by Terror Running Company, Cleveland's specialty running store. Named one of the best running stores in the country, Terror Running Company offers top-notch customer service and all the best running and walking brands. Whatever you need to support your active lifestyle, we've got it. Carrying brands like Hoka, Brooks, On, and New Balance, we also have the best fit specialists to help you find the best shoe for you. Open seven days a week in downtown Cleveland or 24-7 at terrorrunning.com. 